Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rainbow. With most success stories in life, it often comes as a result of remarkable talent, passion, as well as fortunate circumstances that align one's innate gifts with the right environment to thrive. That's precisely the situation that we have with the child actor, an artist that first cut their teeth in the indie pop space before transitioning to the world of rap through organic relationships with the likes of Chesky, Serengeti, and Billy Woods. Now, Child Actor sports a trademark cutting-edge sound that has become a staple amongst Underground's finest through fantastic work with Backwood Studios, Open Mic Eagle, Serengeti, and more. Listen on to hear how this undeniably talented producer made it to where they are today and how they approach their craft with the kind of ingenuity you would expect from the producer of that fucked up Arm & Hammer track, Charms. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. The most Googleable producer in the game, child actor. How are you doing? I really don't think that is true at all. (laughs) (laughs) What is it now? Relax yourself, girl, electric valve. We all gotta go on that quest. We all gotta go on that quest. What is it now? Check the rhyme ever when in doubt. We all gotta deal with that stress. We all gotta deal with that stress. I have I'm ashamed to admit I have I have tried and it's not that Googleable. You gotta Sadly, you get a lot of horrible, horrible things about uh, Greta Thunberg if you if you Google child actor. It's she's very not even annoying. an actor. Well, they think she's like might, a crisis actor for like you go, Soros yeah, that's, that's or something. The thing. You, I, yeah. I'm now painfully aware of this conspiracy theory. Um, so yeah, I don't recommend Googling child actor for any reason. <laughs> that is okay. Good to know. Yeah. She gets or maybe a lot of put hate. some, put some more tags in there. you like, I don't know. Child actor producer gets a Wikipedia, like a, a okay. yeah, that's pretty solid. You got All a nice right. Wikipedia sure. going but before we get in, into it any further. Let's just kind of like clear up one thing because I feel like a lot of people who have been fans of your music don't necessarily know this. So like, who are you and who, what is Child Actor? Who's a part of it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Max. So yeah, I kind of, I don't know if it's a mistake or what, but Child Actor was originally a duo of my cousin, Seji Ogilvy and myself. And uh, we put out an album in or EPs or something, 2011 or 12. I don't even remember now. I think it started in 2010, but didn't release anything for a while. Yeah, uh, she eventually decided that uh, she, you know, music career wasn't for her. And 
passed off the duties to Natalie Plaza, who uh, had been doing like background vocals and appearing in some videos. And then she kind of be, she came, became the vocalist. That was like 2014. And um, then I also just decided to do some beats on the side. I think that was in that was in 2019. And uh, you know, we we would have things where like I might appear in a song, Natalie would might appear in a song, doing the hook, might do a beat or a remix, and it just sort of felt like all right, I don't want to like come up with a new name for every little thing we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we barely had that much of a following. So I felt like might as well just get everything under the same umbrella. But yeah, it's definitely caused some confusion. I'm not trying to be mysterious. It's just... no, but that's, that's funny. Like there's actually, that's actually very different than a lot of other artists out there that I know love to, for creative reasons. And I just think for fun sometimes just like have different monikers, like, Speaking of like Rap Ferreira, for example, like that that guy oh, has yeah. a ton, right? He has a producer. Well, yeah, name. of course, like, of course. And I, I mean, yeah. like, and and Madlib, you know, has oh, like yeah. forty five or more. I don't know, um, but I just uh, I think really I I do enjoy that idea, but it's very hard for me to come up with names. And for some reason, everyone has always told me, except my mom, <laughs> that it's a really good name. And so I was like, all right, I'm not gonna. I'm done. <laughs> no, it's a it's a good one for sure. And I only really was conscious of you like when I first heard you on like some backwoods records in like 2019 or whatever. But then in hindsight, especially like looking through your Wikipedia, I'm like, oh, I've heard I've heard Child Actor before. Like that sadistic song. I think you're you're featured on yeah. sadistic song. That was that first sadistic album, sadistic album I ever heard too. And so that was like cool to hear. Yeah, the name definitely like is a good one. But for those that know you only for your hip-hop work they may not know also that you had you've had and had a whole career outside of rap too so could you walk us through first like how you initially decided to just create music generally speaking and then how particularly did you get into like the the indie pop work world space first yeah i mean how far back should i go i mean uh because even before child actor there's a whole like i would say I've always been into music. Uh, I think from the moment I discovered like jazz piano, uh, that's kind of the foundation of everything for me. Um, when I was like nine, uh, did you play, uh, did you play jazz piano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just my first teacher really put me on that path and yeah, totally changed my life. Totally changed my life. So everything I do, no matter how far it gets, maybe from the sound of jazz, I think is really informed by that background very heavily. But yeah, as far as something that that might resonate with any <laughs> any of your listeners, might I think a crucial thing is my friendship with uh, Chesky, founder of Fake Four Records. I've been friends with him forever, especially his brother David, and the three of us sort of have a trio that we've made so much music and released so little of it <laughs> called anonymous ink, but we've released the stuff we have released is so old. We released it like 15 years after we did it. <laughs> it's a weird band, uh, that, uh, yeah. Encompasses lots of, lots of genres, but, but yeah, Chesky is an in- incredible, incredible rapper. Um, absolutely. One of those guys who is like, achieved the highest level mastery of his craft and so it's just a matter of what he decides to do with it and he's uh, done a lot of stuff like he like 
I think he's a really interesting person and it makes sense for you to be involved with because I know he's got like more conventional rap and then he has a lot of that like kind of like indie folk, if you will, albums. Yeah, like that, I mean, Broken that's really... Bone Ballads. That one is a great, great record. Totally. Um, I, I've, I've played on almost all of his albums, I think, or sang on them in some way. We've just, yeah, I mean, it's been so, so long that we've known each other. Uh, we're basically family, but like... Uh, yeah, so I'll say being friends with him was really the most important thing in in sort of where the, what directions that my musical life took. Because uh, through him, that's how I found out about like the good life kind of scene, all this West Coast stuff. And that was like my first hip hop uh, stuff that I really got into, like all that whole beneath the surface with Omid and everything. Weirdly, <laughs> the first released beat that i did was for of mexican descent uh two mex and cholo lancinco and that was the first wave of hip-hop production i was doing with my other cousin ben uh, and it was called ghost notes but that project was kind of like I, I we just both really were into making beats because of you know mad villainy had came out we discovered it around the same time mm. ben actually was even more into like the stones throw scene and kind of got me in, into all that stuff and i just yeah, we just we just worked our asses off trying to figure out how to sound like Mad Lib and Dylan and stuff, and never figured it out. <laughs> and uh, but got to work with and meet a lot of those uh, a lot of our heroes. Like uh, uh, we did songs with like Med, Wild Child, nice. and Ono. Particularly Ono was big for me because I got to like meet him, hang out in the studio, and. I got um, I got to shout him out because he gave me an incredible piece of advice. He probably doesn't remember it at all because <laughs> he's smoking like the longest blunt I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, we were like, I had a CD that I had brought with me and like, you know, he's like, oh, put it in. And we were like, he was playing me like at the time, unreleased gangrene stuff it was wild. And, um, and he was listening to some of my beats and he, he was feeling them, but, I had all these interludes in there. He's like, you know what? Your interludes should be your beats. And I was like, whoa. whoa. And actually, that was really life changing too, because it really changed the way I thought about things. What, what's, so was, for the just going on that comment though, like were the interludes? Because I know a lot of like producers tend to do those like little beat interludes where a lot of people. It's actually a comment that like with Madlib, Pete Rock where people are like, damn, why couldn't that have been a full beat? It's yeah, like the this Pete little... Rock interludes are so good. Is it, <laughs> yeah. were, those, were those interludes for you that you're playing from him like a little more like, not cutting edge is the right word, but just a little more eccentric? I will say, if I had to be analytical about it, I would say they just broke the mold a little bit more because like I was so in that zone of like, all right, a beat has to have a snare on two and four. Right to like have these one shot drums in it or whatever, use a certain break beat. But the interludes were a very, very primitive version of, of what I'm doing now, where it's it's more like just taking a wholesale, like one sample and flipping it a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so it didn't have like those one shot drums. At I, I I do that sometimes, but I want to, I really want it to be warranted um, now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, when he told me that I didn't really, I remembered it, but I, I, I had to think about it a while to understand what he meant and uh, and what to do with that idea. And and weirdly, when he told me that, it was like, 
maybe a year or two before I sort of quit making beats for a long time. Cause that's when, when child actors started and I was like, yeah, I was so frustrated with, with um, making hip hop beats. Cause I felt like I was doing a pretty good job, but like not getting to that level of having something unique to say with it. And so yeah. um, I was also being a songwriter at the time, sort of more in like the indie rock world, I guess. And I sort of felt similar in that vein. And so child actor started with my cousin Seji because I heard some songs that she was writing and I just was like, I heard the song and I thought the song, the first one she showed me, the first one I ever did was a song called window. And it was like a really spare garage band demo that she had made. And I just heard, and I, was, and I just got this spark of an idea of like, not just doing a remix of the song, but like really reinventing it in a deep way. And I said, yeah, just send me that session. Let me play with it. And that became our MO for the whole, um, all the stuff we did together in the first wave, the victory album. And, and, and uh, I, I understand from that like initial wave that you did achieve some, some level of like commercial acclaim, critical acclaim. How did, how was that experience like? I don't know if I'd go as far as to say commercial, but yeah, critical. It was, it was, uh, mm-hmm. This was so like, it was just one of those things where the timing was right in a few ways. And I think the ideas were good. And I think it was an interest. I think, I mean, I'm proud of that album, but I will also say that like, that was the time when it suddenly was just possible to like get your music sent to blogs and having someone write about it on a blog could create this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And we ended up like, I think we had something in the guardian, uh, fader or something like it, like all these little placements would mean a lot back then. Whereas the blog era, like those had a really big weight. Yeah. And now it's, it's, it's just kind of flipped on its head where you can't really do that anymore. Um, but there are different things. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into that, but, uh, the other thing is just like, it was just right around the time when the idea of like alternative R and B broke. And uh, like, I don't think we were getting compared to all these artists that I had never heard. Grimes, I think purity ring. I could see the purity and, ring a bit. Yeah. But I, I intentionally didn't listen to them for so long because people would always compare us to them. And they're good. <laughs> I just was like, man, I don't want to be, trying to i don't want to be copying this thing that people think we sound like yeah. but uh yeah so i think it was just like the, the timing and, it, and and we just happened to be doing this music that after we finished it and released it would become this trendy thing to do but i wasn't trying to it actually really annoys me that it became a trend <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah so it 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 got some attention and that was cool but right around yeah right around, around when we had our first tour that's when uh said you was like you know this is a fun hobby but i can see it's getting really serious now and i don't think you know i have the bandwidth for this mm-hmm. and so then it was already time to figure out how to reinvent it and um yeah the next album we had like a manager and stuff the one called never die that one's a little more problematic to me because this manager really was i really trusted him and he really took us in these you know, overly commercial directions. He's like, I need you to have a hit, write a hit song. And I was like, all right, maybe that is the thing I should do. And 
it got like you know a million or something views on youtube but like so what it didn't really <laughs> yeah. didn't really do anything I don't, and i'm not like i guess it's a good exercise but I don't, it's, it doesn't really resonate with me but but anyway and then then um but the next album we did perfect cloud i, I like that one a lot and that was kind of a it's a very painful album subject matter wise but i think that that one came out really good but but by the time that one came out, it's like we parted ways with the manager and didn't get PR for it. And it's like it might as well have not existed because all those pathways that were so open in 2010 had kind of closed. Yeah. So and that's kind of how I ended up. I, I actually took a break at that point. And uh, but then, yeah, it kind of wasn't until 2019 that I, that I really revisited the idea of making beats in a totally new way and uh yeah that was yeah let's year. get into that a bit because i know that's like really one of the pieces i wanted to get into this transition from that previous space to hip-hop so mm -hmm. what was it about kind of just making beats in this way in a hip-hop fashion that kind of drew you back like what kind of brought you back to making it what was the inspiration yeah i'd say there's a few things um i would i i have to thank in particular i would say serengeti and Billy Woods are the two big reasons that I went back to it. And it just was, again, through Chesky, because I met them both on tours with Chesky. I met I met Getty first in Prague, because we, we had this little European tour we were doing. And uh, Getty and I bonded just from... Uh, <laughs> So that I had been doing this, this job, doing music for commercials and movies and TV and stuff. And he's dabbled in that too. And so that's kind of like the first thing that we were talking about walking through mm. Prague, this beautiful day. I mean, it was a dream. It was so cool. And then just doing a show at night and video Dave was there too. It was, um, it was Getty video Dave and me. And I had little did I know I'd become pretty good friends with, with both of them and working with them musically, uh, later, but, but yeah, I mean that. So that that kind of started a friendship, really, and we stayed in touch, and and we got this idea of like, when you do music for ads, you get it's like ninety five percent or more of what you do gets rejected and never used again. Mm. And I would do all different genres, and so I had all this kind of hip hop related stuff lying around. And so we were like, hey, what if we just use this leftover stuff and make a little EP out of it? And that's how we ended up making the Energy EP. Yeah. Which, if you listen to that, you can totally still... It doesn't sound like anything else I've done because it's like, that's the origin of it. And mm -hmm. I'm not even at that point committed to like, hey, I'm, I'm making beats again. It was just like, oh, this is some random project to do. So if you compare that to Ajay too, you're, it's like night and day. I mean... I'm not going to like disavow that project or anything, but it's just something different. Uh, it's, it is what it is. But um, Woods was a whole different situation because uh, we, we did like four or five shows together. And uh, that was on Chesky's Sad Fat Luck tour. And, um, and I have to say that uh, doing lots and lots of hip hop shows with Chesky over the years, you hear, I just, if you do that many shows, you hear so many openers and you get 
I got a little burned out on it and I would sometimes not listen to them, I confess. Mm-hmm. Um, or it would just it would just take a lot to surprise me, I'll say that. Chesky, on the other hand, is just an endless, endlessly supportive individual. I mean, I admire him so much for just he really does listen to every single one and really supports. I mean, God bless him. He's an he's an incredible uh support supportive human being. Um, and that's the whole ethos of fake four. But um, but I'll say that, you know, night after night, I was hearing Woods for the first time. I had never heard him before. And I was like, whoa, this is something really different. And I started to get to know the songs after a few nights. And um, and then we happened to have this one super long car ride. I don't know. I don't even remember where it was. Minneapolis to sh- Chicago, I think, in the snow with Mo Nichols. Nice. Uh, behind He's the a wheel. Funny guy. He's a funny guy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and um, and wow. I mean, Woods told the craziest stories. Like the kind of stories. Like I was thinking, like, how is he telling me this story with me in the car? You know, after just having met me. Like they're crazy. The craziest stories I've ever heard. I mean, so I felt maybe we had bonded because of these stories. You know, not the kind of stories you're going to want to tell someone you don't, maybe you'll never see them again, or mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and uh, and he's just, I mean, one of, one of a kind, charismatic, funny, funny guy. So at the last night of the tour, I was just like, hey, you know, I'd love to send you a beat or something. I had nothing in mind. I had not made a specific hip hop beat other than the stuff I made for commercials in like, I don't know nine or 10 years at this point. Wow. Um, so I didn't even know what I was going to do. And he's like, yeah, sure. He gave me his email. And so I went home and uh, I made like, maybe the next day I made one beat and sent it to him, which now is in retrospect is totally crazy because I never sent anyone less than 10 and sometimes 20. I sent for a Jai too. I had, I sent Getty probably over a hundred beats and, um, but I sent Woods one beat and he used it. Like, uh, and also I will say that wow. he said that the album was already done, but she's like, she said, yeah, he let, well, let's add this in. Um, and I know he's not going to use a beat that he doesn't like or something. I'm not viewing it as charity or something, but I feel what I like to believe is that he was sort of saying, I'm going to give you this shot. And, uh, you know, let's see, let's see what comes of it. Because that was just to, to send him that beat and have it be used like that and have it come out so soon because the album was already practically done was as close to instant gratification as you can get. And it was just so inspiring. And then. And the so next, this was on, this was on terror management, correct? Yeah. It was the song yeah. called uh, Shepherd's Tone. Yeah. Uh, and Fielded singing on that. And, um, and so then that was like, okay, this, you know, I want to, I want to figure out what I'm doing here. And then the next thing I sent, I think three beats and one of those ended up being charms, uh, for Arm and Hammer. And that was a real, uh, game changer too. just the process of making charms. And I feel like charms, even though Shepherd's tone is the first one I did in this era, charms is like the root of the whole tree to me. That one was like a truly like groundbreaking track yeah I think it and just for my everybody. process too yeah. and like uh 
in so many ways, I feel like everything can kind of lead back to there in a nice way. Um, and at the same time, I feel like I never would really be able to make a beat like that again because of uh, there's just some magic to it. But uh, um, well, but yeah, at that point, then it's just like that's everything grew from there. Well, I think uh, speaking of the charms beat, I think that kind of just speaks to that general sound. I feel like you've developed uh, as you've kind of reingratiated yourself with hip hop. And what I find remarkable, honestly, is that your production in this period of time has in my opinion, kind of made an entire vibe or type of sound like your own. Like I can almost like I've been quite easy to tell it's a child actor beat on like the Metal Lung album, for example. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know you made that one. I know you made that one. You have like the the complex time signatures, which I think it's interesting to know that you have this jazz piano foundation because I feel like that might kind of be where that was built. Uh, but also you have this like trademark warped sample sound that like mm. I'm sure you can explain it. I have no finesse in production knowledge, but <laughs> that thing you do, it's it's just a very much a thing that you like you like to do, and it it sounds great. Like, how would you characterize the like the child actor sound you've cultivated so far? Yeah, first of all, that's just really cool to hear. I think that's something that had always bugged me in the past is that I did so many different styles, which is fun. But but I always I always like when like the, the artist that I like the most is I, I, I want to hear that recognizable signature sound. And so I did, uh, I have made an effort and have just, this is what I felt like doing, um, to lead to having, I guess, whatever you can call a sound. Um, but yeah, I see it and it's definitely real. Um, so what I would describe with it is I think, I think one hallmark of it is, is sort of a backlash to the stuff I was doing for ads and even to the other child actor albums where, which reached, reached kind of a maxim maximalist pinnacle and a perfect cloud where every song had like a hundred plus tracks on it, layers and layers and layers, like insanely. And most of my favorite beats are just like one track. Uh, and I really like to get inside the sample I want to, you know, I love, I love songs and, and music and working with samples is like your way of like living inside of it. Like it just feels like if you're really working with a sample deeply, you're, you're like inhabiting the song and rewiring it. And it's almost like, it's also like playing, playing an instrument where your instrument is a song. It's so it's, it's the only way you can do that. It's, it's like, still endlessly magical to me it just every time it gets me but i'll say a big thing about it is that like working with the fewest layers possible to get the deepest result pretty simply like it does sound warped and stuff but the techniques i'm using are not i'm not using crazy processing or plugins really i i use some things for like tone and eq and compression but nothing nothing wild and i think the other thing is uh pretty big is you talked a little bit about before which is rhythmic uh, I think I definitely create a different kind of pocket. Everything I do is I don't use a metronome or anything or, or yeah, I never changed the tempo. I, I never listened to it. I just sort of played uh, almost all the beats I do. I, I actually play all the way through all the samples. Okay, nice. I don't really technically loop anything. So that's why you'll hear things that feel like they're repeating, but they don't really sound the same way twice. And the timing is always a little different, even in the simplest beats. 
uh, I kind of like to show the brush strokes, you know, uh, and I like to have those imperfections really, not just imperfections, but sort of base the timing around an imperfection. And it's weird because Charms is the most extreme example of that. And I've kind of refined it since then. But um, yeah, I mean, that one you can't even, can't even really count a time signature to it. <laughs> that's like, it's impossible. It's just pure intuition. And that's that's the other thing is I just love the, the, the working only with intuition. I think working with samples is the, at least for me, is the most direct way path from like inspiration to the final product. It's just, it's, it's almost like improvisation, but yeah, there is that element of, of you are composing something, but it's like, it takes almost no time from when you get the idea. That's, that's amazing the way you put that. I think, uh, uh, I can definitely see that unusual pocket that you create for rappers that like, I really like, and I think, uh, some of like, and we'll get into some of the rappers that you typically um you typically go for and like collaborate with have that ability to kind of work in that i'm thinking of artists like elucid um in particular like like spelling like a perfect example is spelling like it's just that it kind of gave him and it's actually something he said not about you but about seb bash but the similarity is that i think he's also as he described it when i spoke to him was that he also does he also does all the stuff live and that mm -hmm. kind of gives it that like very authentic uh, said bash does yeah 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 oh wow that's so funny because we yeah. sound so different but like he because i was thinking of the the beat we were talking about the beat bunny chow in particular yeah i was just like raving over how just fucking immaculate that is and mm -hmm. i think what elucid said was that one of the special things about him is that he does a lot of that live so it kind of gives it that really natural feel yeah and, he, and elucid like just kind of catches that 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 kind this of drum programming is crazy i mean the set, yeah. drum sounds and the programming it's like i like as i was kind of saying before like i i kind of was getting over the idea of using one shot drums and stuff but someone like him it's like damn he does makes it sound so good still mm -hmm. about a lucid yes yeah, so you're yeah. to your point like spelling is a is a funny example uh not funny but it's it's an interesting example because it's it's one of the more straightforward beats i've made and I think it's one of the more straightforward beats that, well, yeah, I mean, Bunny Chow's a, it's like people, you can vibe to Bunny Chow, mm -hmm. but if you really listen to it, it's a weird beat too. Yeah, um, are you saying that's the most like straightforward beat on the album, like spelling? Uh, I would not, I, I mean, I don't know actually if I'd agree, I don't know which one I'd Oh no, pick. I mean, a straightforward beat I've made. Um, really? I mean, it's, I guess it's on the spectrum for you by your standards, yeah? I guess. Well, okay. You're saying that there's another beat I made on that album that is more straightforward. Than no, spelling. not on this. Not on this album. Not on this album. But, no, because split tongue is. I'm looking at the the track yeah. list. Mango state. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Um. I, I mean, really, what other straightforward beats have I made? I guess the there's a shrapnel one. The sort of. If I think of like Obol, that's a straightforward one. Uh, whatever. I don't want to get too, too navel gazing with my own own style. <laughs> but I will say that for Elucid spelling is a straightforward beat uh and for me spelling is a straightforward beat like that is one i do have i added drums to uh in a more traditional way you got your snares on the back beats you got a kind of dignified regal steadiness to it but it does it, you do feel the cracks at the seams yeah um but uh but you know he will never 
you will never know what to get from him. He doesn't have a formula. I love working with Elucid because, because of that. Every single thing he does is special, and he has the ability to inhabit so many types of pockets uh, in different ways. Um, and uh, like he can do something like charms where you're floating, but he can also wrap himself around such a steady beat. And then something like split tongue, which is even more ephemeral than charms. It's not right. even about a rhythmic uh, forward movement in any way. It's just, yeah. And, and just a true artist too. I mean, just lyrically, just everything he does is, uh, it's got a special magic to it. So yeah. um, I, I can't, I can really not even compare working with him to a lot of other people because of his, his distinct approach, I think. And it's, mm -hmm. yeah, I was, I was just so lucky to, yeah, he was like, kind of the second person I collaborated with in this or third, maybe in this, uh, this real wave of beats that I've been doing. Tumble out the ether, my blank verse, wild jungle out the speaker, rare earth. Every rabbi wonder will his golem work. Every golem wonder if they was the first. Lurch, curse, shots was close together like the gun burst. Optimistic as a prostitute's wishlist The kids are all right, what he told the missus Baby in the reeds, keep her from the gypsies If she never has a seed, they gonna be suspicious Like looking at your kind of recent uh, rappers that you've collaborated with As we'll get into more depth shortly, there's like Serengeti in particular And then a lot of artists, art, through the other artists with Backwoods Given the particular nuance and like experimental nature, if you will, of your style of production, like what are the key kind of things you're looking for in a rapper or you feel works best with your beats, like the key characteristics in rappers? So I think like with Elucid, like you said, that ability to inhabit different pockets, I think would be a great, a great one to to think of for sure. But is there anything kind of else or that you can think yeah, of? Yeah, I I it's a really good question because part of me just wants to say like everyone's going to sound better on my beats because <laughs> I love my beats. <laughs> That's my big ego trip. Uh, but I feel like every producer thinks that, uh, I mean, you should hopefully think that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but what I will say, yeah, definitely being able to do different types of pockets. The, although there are some rappers that I think gravitate towards one type of pocket that, and that's not even a bad thing. Like, like specializing one very idiosyncratic style, I think, is a beautiful thing. I'm, I, in a, in a way, I sort of do that. Um, and so, um, but yeah, I think what I think my favorite thing. I, I, I think I might flip that question on its head, and just say my favorite results are are when I work with a rapper who I feel like no one else would have picked that beat or no one else would have used that beat properly the way that they did. And like, I feel like a lot of Ajaya 2 is like that. There's so many beats on here. I mean, literally a lot of Ajaya 2 is just beats that, that no one else would, would, would use. Cause I wasn't, uh, I didn't really have that many collaborators at the time when I sent these beats to Getty. I think this was just shortly after Shrines, and I really only knew I didn't. I didn't want to just like cold hit up people mm -hmm. and just be like, "Yeah, I want to build." A, I, I mean, at that point, I, I wasn't mm -hmm. like 
I just wanted everything, you know, the, so because of the way things started is like, I've worked with Arm and Hammer, pretty much that's it. Like, I don't know yeah. what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. And, and when I hear the way Getty used these beats, uh, it's just like, man, a lot, it wouldn't have worked for so many other people. Although you never know what to expect. Um, I've done some, some things with Sharif and he definitely, when he picks beats, he's going to pick the, the ones that no one else is going to pick. Yeah. Um, and, and even just back to Elucid, Elucid has picked some beats where I, even, even knowing Elucid surprised me what he picked. And then Open Mike Eagle, for example, he'll pick a whole different type of beat. I mean, I just, I think I really like that self-selecting aspect. Um, just throw a lot of beats at someone and they'll pick the ones that resonate with them, whether or not you expect them to. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll take it to a place where it should go. It's just, it's just a, such a natural, you don't force anything. I used to come at it from, from totally the opposite way of wanting to say like, oh, this person would sound so good on this beat. Let's make that happen. Um, but it wasn't until I just relaxed and, and sort of allowed others to just take over that I felt like things got went to a place where they should go yeah and and so like on this topic of like your sound and just generally your previous background that's very diverse I have a question from a, a patron of the show Jarvis shout out to you he asks how did your experience working in like indie pop spaces help you create in your opinion like more interesting work in the rap space and like if you integrated some of that thinking into rap, if at all. Thank you, Jarvis. Uh, that's, that's an interesting question. I haven't thought about that that much. I mean, my first impulse is to just say that almost it could be like a backlash to some of those impulses of, of indie pop where it's it's more composed and labored over over a longer period of time i think but i think also if i if i think back to the origins of child actor it's really consistent with the original mission statement which was to just sort of be as spontaneous as possible like even though those were very layered dense songs on that victory album for example they were made as fast as possible compared to stuff that i would take years to make before it would be like just in this feverish eight hour session, just craft something from the ground up that, that make that felt great. And then don't work on it anymore, really. And I think if anything, I've just compressed that gestation period and made Mm. hopefully something even more pure, uh, and more spontaneous. Um, like when I listened to a Jai two, all those beats I did in so little time, and then didn't really listen to them again, especially because Getty didn't even let me do any post-production on the album. He just took the beats exactly as I sent them to him. And then he like, you know, arranged all the beat switches and whatever, however he wanted to do it. So I was able to listen to that like a fan and just be like, Oh yeah. So I think, I think if anything, it's, it's about the approach of, of realizing that I don't want to spend a lot of time, The, the longer I spend on something, the more stale it's going to feel, the less alive. I don't know if that relates too much specifically to indie pop. Uh, 
but I guess but, it's your back. It's just your history, which yeah, I think it's, is it's the main like that, kind of point of the question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think in that sense, I, I'm following the same ethos of of wanting to get a wanting to find that direct, the most direct way of uh, creation and expression. And then this just ended up being a, a more direct, purer path for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, but oh, it all cool. comes from the same place, I guess. I haven't thought about it. Good question. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what the that's what the patrons are all about. Um, okay, so before we get into Ajay too, because I really want to talk about that, we've touched on it a little. Really, as you've gotten more ingrained in the hip hop scene, as many know, you've become a, a pretty strong staple in like the overall kind of wave of backwoods. That's kind of overflown the game over the past few years. You appear on many albums by Armin Hammer, Woods, Solo, Shrapnel, Akai Solo, Lucid Solos, like. Why do you feel your sound has found such a home with this group of artists and has sounded so well with them? Uh, yeah, first off, first off, I have to say it's just so I'm, I feel so lucky that that's that's the scene I just somehow fell into, and it's it is it's odd for me because I've been doing music a long time and it's and it's really the first time I've felt sort of embraced by a a community. Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of friends and stuff, but but this is the first time I felt like people hear the music I make and it and it's relevant and it and it fits in with something that other people want to do, especially without having to compromise what I what I want to do. So it's just beautiful. Um, and I will say that it's it's also not entirely a coincidence because these are artists that kind of inspired me uh, to to get back into it. Um, I mean, literally, the reason I got back into it was from meeting Woods and Getty, and what they were doing was like, "Hey, I actually, I'm really feeling this." Um, yeah. Because kind of after 2010, I stopped listening to hip hop for a while. I wasn't feeling uh, a lot of stuff wasn't resonating with me anymore. But but yeah, getting back into it, this whole. This whole scene, I don't know what to call it, uh, backwoods is is definitely a linchpin. But what was happening at that era, uh, era of like 2018, 2019 was really, I, when I discovered, I was like, man, this is like, this is my shit. This is, yeah. this is something really special. And I just, yeah, I, I, I can't say I even specifically wanted to be a part of it. It was just like, this gives me so many ideas. It It's like it just made me want to make music again. It's like that feeling of hearing mad villainy for the first time. The feeling was this is dope, but also the feeling of like, Whoa, I want to, I want to make music like not even like this specifically, but just like made me want to create. So I, so I guess it's just, uh, uh, yeah, we share, share affinities. That's, that's the best I can say. Yeah. And I think one thing that doesn't get talked about as much as it should with this kind of wave of backwoods is, uh, the emphasis put on the sound of things like not even just like the Willie green aspect, which is just like a whole other, whole other, uh, no, it's incredibly significant, but even just putting that aside, the, or I guess it's related obviously, but the, the main point is that I think people think about the lyricists a lot when they're like, Oh, the look at these, like look at Billy Woods, Elucid, Curly Castro, like all these people are like just doing such crazy things lyrically, which is true. And they're really pushing the envelope. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of times in the past in, in rap, there have been occasions where you get these kind of very cutting edge lyricists, but they don't necessarily 
have the vision or the ability or even the care to to kind of bring the sound along in a really cool way. And I think that's something that it's pretty uniform amongst that camp that mm-hmm. people like Masai Music U, uh, August Fanon, like there's just so many people that have just become like part of this like cohesive net of really great, interesting, like new sounds, not just new raps that sound great. And then Willie Green's there to just make it all sound fucking like a machine. That's yeah, I mean, I, special. I, on that note, I'll just say that it's it's also, yeah, I mean, it's tempting to put so much of it on the artists, uh, which is true, um, like, you know, the rappers who are picking the beats, but um, it's also the community of producers themselves that, that yeah. that's huge. And just, just um, and all those guys you mentioned, like, you know, we've been in touch and, and supported one another. Um, got a shout out Preservation too. He's been a great, person to talk to one of the first people that hit me up after after brass like he just got in touch and and had so much supportive things to say that meant so much to me and we've we've been in conversation a lot since then and and just yeah i think i think i don't that's a whole different conversation of how how this group of people helped create this sound um but yeah, I'm also grateful to be be a part of that community. Mm-hmm. And now I really want to get into Jai too. It's uh, really good timing that this has finally dropped on streaming and Bandcamp and all that because this was a, a vinyl only release for I think a a full year, right? Just about. I don't I don't know about the timing of it, but yeah, I I definitely had resigned myself to thinking it it would never <laughs> come on streaming. Yeah. Uh, but lo and behold, it just did like two days ago. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great timing. The album is fantastic. Like, just been playing it nonstop. I know a lot of people that I am kind of close with in this community have been loving it too. Um, and working with 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 Serengeti on this album is the first. Like you did mention, you did produce Energy that EP front to back, but this is your first LP, hip hop LP being produced front to back. So. How let's just start here. Like, how did you? I mean, we did talk about how you got in with Serengeti. So I guess getting into him and this particularly is a Jai character, which I'll just say is an odd. He's an it's an odd thing to hear for people that are unaware. Like, I don't even want to like you should just listen to it first and then kind of press pause in this interview and come back because it's just a trip. Like, I don't even know what to say. I don't remember the first time I've heard. I think the first time I heard Serengeti was like 2013, maybe, but. I was just like, excuse me, like what is going on? This is just doesn't feel like this is allowed, but it's it's funny, it's charismatic, it's charming, and it sounds great technically speaking. And he tends to work with great producers like Kenny Siegel and now you. But in your opinion, like what's the appeal of Serengeti's music and this Ajay character that is found on this album Ajay too? Like from your perspective, it's hard to it's hard to parse that at all. Um, I mean. I, I can only speak for myself. I, 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 uh, first of all, I'll just say that it mainly exists just because of our friendship. Really. It's not like one of those things where it's like, yo, I got some raps, you got some dope beats. Let's collab. Like it's, I mean, look, Serengeti is a unique, a unique guy and he thinks a lot about his music and uh, I'll just say that this album really almost didn't come out at all. 
even when, even after it was made. And um, but when it did come out, I think one thing that tipped it in the towards the coming out side was he he was he said to me, you know, this is our this is our, our memento from that that day in Prague, uh, and that touched me a lot. And so it's this is not something that exists at all to appeal to anyone <laughs> other than ourselves. We really in the process of making it, it's just like, let's have fun. Let's just make, I didn't know it would come out at all. I, I, like I said, I sent him a bunch of beats, had no idea even that Jai 2 was on the radar for him. Uh, Cause what we did with energy was just so casual. Um, it also was a massive, okay. You're asking me to say what his appeal is. I don't, I mean, he's just a one of a kind. There's yeah. no one like him. Uh, and he is so many things. He's so many styles. He has, Although he won't really, he's too, he will never admit it. He has like deep rap abilities that, that are totally his own. Mm-hmm. He's also hilarious. His lyrics are so funny. Yeah. I will, I will work, I will listen to them over and over and, and kind of laugh the same amount every time. It's so absurd. Uh, his worldview is so unique. I think that's another reason we connect is we, he, he's no stranger to the indie pop world himself. Uh, and working with, you know, the drummer from Deerhoof and Y and all, all kinds of stuff. Um, so, so, but yeah, I will say that I sent him, like I said, definitely more than 100 beats. And my expectation was that, of course, that a normal thing would happen, which would be that he might pick 10 songs and make a 10 song album. Uh, but instead... He, without telling me, mind you, recorded on, I mean, it sounds I, like there's I, 60 I beats stopped, on there. I stopped counting after 40, I think. <laughs> and, and the way he arranged them. So first of all, I can't, I have to say it's not front to back. Andrew Broder did. Oh yeah, the, I can't. Yeah. That the jingles that, that are oh, hilarious. Fire. Um, <laughs> Fucking um, love that. But, uh, but yeah, he used an insane amount of beats and he, he chopped them up however he wanted to do them uh, in a really surprising way. There's even what it's, it's crazy. Cause I did so little work on it after uh, other than sending him the beats, I made all those beats and then, so that he, he really just organized the whole flow of it or anti-flow however you, mm-hmm. cause I mean, it's pretty fragmented on purpose because of a guy's fragmented uh, mind state yeah and uh so it's, it's not always a pleasant listen but i don't think it's always supposed to be but yeah there are parts where i'm like man why did he only use seven seconds of this beat i love this <laughs> beat and you don't even hear where it changes like is you and uh there's one part where he literally <laughs> uses less than a second of one beat in the middle of a song and then goes back to the way like you only i would know that he did that i don't know why yeah. he did that <laughs> um but yeah that's how we wanted it and um it's definitely uh definitely what it had to be i mean i think like his when i think of his appeal i think you touched on a lot of it i think it's the it's only that he's funny is he's he's a really good rapper like i think that as you said like i think people like that needs to be the front and center part he's a really good rapper so everything just sounds 
so well written around it like that makes the humor pop so much more because it's so like so ridiculously well like how ridiculously well he like illustrates these absurd scenarios that a guy gets himself into and his absurd <laughs> obsessions it's just it's fucking oh and, and i didn't even, i actually like genuinely didn't know this i thought you were the one making all these decisions with the the beat switches like i had a whole thing i was going to try to ask you about because i was like seemed very intentional you know all these different movements yeah but... ask me anyway i mean it was very intentional on his part um i think and it's i think it's something that i would not have been able to do because i just have a different idea of how i might want things to flow i i think i tried one and he's like no no that's not it that's not it and uh he just he, like he's also very anti-mastering uh and like you'll you know if you listen to you'll, the volume shit those are just literally the demos of the beats i sent him kind of untouched and mm -hmm. there was a period of time where I'm, that sort of frustrated me it's like because i'm used to the process of you know someone like willie green getting in yeah. there and really making it uh you know thick and beautiful um but at the same time i like the way i make my demos i, I like my own mixes um yeah. so there's a real deep purity to the way that this album is that I, it, it, it's hard to get that there's some there are just moments in this that feel to me like just the mainline injection of 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 whatever this feeling is like like it the, so that the results are just like yeah i keep talking about this feeling of purity i don't know like of of um but like when you take just the raw demo that I made and the way he's rapping, just, just in the room, you can hear the room he's in and, uh, and his thought process and in the way he inhabits this character, it, it just, I think it delivers something really special because of that process. So, and it's something that I, yeah, like I, I could have, I might've made something else, else that was good. Um, but I would never have made what this is. So yeah. I think the the raw purity, the way that you mentioned it a little earlier, the all the beat switches kind of mirror his like fractured mental state, if you will. I think mm -hmm. also it's just there's an underrated charm and like what's the is pathos the right word here? Like it's just you, you do, in there. <laughs> you do you do feel like I do find myself like laughing, but then also just being like what he's actually describing sometimes, like with his like his wife, it's just like that's really sad, man. You need. Sad. Like, I remember him you know, saying to me, like, like, I don't know if this album is just going to bum people out too much. Like, I mean, if you just listen to it, it's it's a pleasant. It, it's such there, a there's pleasant. There's some tough yeah. moments where, where like some of the beat switches make you like, whoa, like it's yeah. almost nauseating sometimes. Um, but but overall, it's like the yeah the melancholy is there and it almost is uplifting in a way because of the the beats are not sad. Uh, yeah. The vibe is not sad, but he is saying some sad stuff. Oh, life, life for a guy has gotten pretty rough in this album for sure. It's, it's yeah, yeah, and you can just see like the coping of like all his like his uh, collabs and stuff. Like you can just see it, and it's just, but it's said in a way that's not as sad. But you get the point. It's just a, it's a really. I interesting will say record. though, I, there's like a happy ending to it. I, I mean, I, I, I love the way the album ends. It's also one of my favorite beats, and, uh. Mercil mercifully it's not chopped into a tiny piece just for the it's like a it's almost like a triumphant ending where he goes back to just listing all his favorite collabs and stuff 
it's like just when you thought he was going to give up on it forever he's just like talking about how he, all he ever wanted was to show people something they could only see on a screen or something and but he's like he's the one in real life wearing all that shit you see only mm-hmm. on the internet and inspiring people and listing all his gucci stuff again it like can't help but smile here in that yeah <laughs> it's just, uh, i love that character and, and what makes him tick okay yeah and, and like i guess from your the last thing i want to ask about this album is did it sounds like you you when you sent him all these beats it wasn't really necessarily for this album right like so no you way. didn't know what, but did you know that when you were sending him like this hundred beats, like it was supposed to be for a like mainly produced by you album with him? Was that even in your mind state? Uh, I thought it could be possible. I mean, I, so yeah, I'll just say that at that point, I think this might've been right after brass or somewhere around there that I was sending him all these beats. And I literally just didn't know more than three or four rappers to send stuff to but i was kind of hitting my stride and making a ton of beats and so it was like all right what am i going to do with all this stuff i'll just and he and he had said just yeah send me a bunch of beats we'll see what happens and he kept asking for more and so i just sent him a quite a large amount and he didn't really say what he was going to do with it he's his his brain works so fast on so many ideas at the same time uh and you never know what you're gonna get from it like like and i i never expected something like this because energy if you listen to the to energy he's doing a whole different style uh and just very basic like comfort food style rapping on it and and it felt like that that little EP was just like, all right, here's just some fun content or something. Mm-hmm. But then when I heard what he did with Jedi 2, I he showed me almost the whole thing all at once after it was pretty close to being done. Maybe he showed me half of it once and then the other half another time. But like it was I had not I had no idea that he had been doing he had alluded to it, but I had no idea what to expect. And it's like to hear him when he's on this level of inspiration is like just wild. Like the, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just something else. And, um, like the whole story is there. That's, that's the other thing. It's, it's not just rapping and being clever and, and writing interesting lyrics. Like he conceives of this almost like a whole, like a TV series or something. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah, it, 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 I had no idea that was coming and it was just a joy to, I think I, I'm, I'm just grateful actually that I, that I was able to experience so much of it all at once without having to be just parceling it out little by little and laboring over. I could, I could feel like a fan myself. That's interesting. Yeah. With Ajay 2 out, like what should fans of you be expecting in the near future? Like, is there any kind of projects you're working on or, good beat placements uh, you got like what do you what do you got in mind yeah i got i got a I, again i always feel like i don't have enough coming out but if i think about it there's a lot of stuff all right let me see how much i can remember um got some stuff so i mentioned sharif um but is that so with sharif you're you mentioned that is that beats on like a sharif project or is that like a sharif collab like you and sharif on a front to back thing 
Well, a lot of things I don't think I can really okay. Uh, okay. get too much info on. I you like know, what I hear. I'm going to be coy about this. I'll just say that something is happening with Sharif. Cavalier. Cavalier. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, that. Okay. There's been some demos with Logi. I don't know how many of those are going to make to come out, but um, some stuff with Fielded. Nice. Uh, Premrock, DefC, Mike Eagle told me that I was allowed to drop hints for something. So this is me dropping hints for something. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> That's God. all I'm allowed to do. There's another thing I really can't say anything about that I would love to say something about that's happening. Um, when is it happening? Can you say that? I don't know. It's It'll be this year. The mysterious thing. Okay. I know there's more, but yeah, that's that's all I can think of at the moment. That's actually um, but yeah, a couple really of those, hype. I think a, a one or two of those might be full projects or a lot of beats. I like how p- usually people work with me don't just do one track with me. Um, I like I like being able to do a lot if possible. Yeah, even on albums that you've not produced, uh, like like you you tend to have like a nice little handful on some of these albums. Like on Lucid, yeah, you have four. Metal long, I think you have like three or four. Yeah, it um, worked out this year where almost everything I did was like three or four. Yeah, it just kind of allows you to be a kind of a part of the album, even if you're not the only sole musical force. But it's a kind of nice through line, I find. Yeah. Oh, I will say also that this this year, if the release schedule holds, I think 2023 might might have some of my best flute beats ever. Had a lot of good flute beats in uh, in 2020, but took a break since then but yeah mm. 2023 yeah, you do 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 you do flute beats got, pretty well yeah yeah you're gonna hear some nice flutes this year <laughs> okay okay cool all right man i really appreciate this conversation this is a lot of fun i'm so excited Bye. for these albums or projects or beats or whatever the hell you've got coming and uh, just keep doing you this is like you're one of my easily one of my favorite producers out like 100%. Wow, that's crazy to hear thanks man i gotta say that i i you know i see you on twitter and stuff and the, and the, the level of enthusiasm that you have for music is like you know i i'm sure other artists feel this way it's just like you know making music knowing people are out there obsessing to that level is like so motivating for me so Mm. yeah keep you keep doing you then yeah thank you thank you for saying that hope you have a good rest of the day appreciate it you too peace all right I got a different corona in mind Look the position like poisonous Discover your location, is it by behind the line? The message gets sent, no sentimentality Niggas fuck up tens and move in circles like some base So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, 
exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace. Peace.